In this episode of 92Y Talks, HGTV's property brothers, Jonathan and Drew Scott, sit down with Willie Geis to discuss their popular home improvement series and new book, Dream Home, The Property Brothers' Ultimate Guide to Finding and Fixing Your Perfect House. The conversation was recorded on April 5th, 2016, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. How's everybody doing out there? I gotta be honest with you, I think there was a mix-up. I was told I was coming to interview Cameron Diaz downstairs. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, told that I was with her as well. The, the only way we were able to get you. Yeah. This, you have to understand, this is way past Willie's bedtime. He's gotta be up pretty it. early, so. Pushing it. Yeah. Um, but instead of Cameron Diaz, we have these two fine goons, so I'm happy, <laughs> happy, happy, happy to be here with you. Um, how many huge, crazy Property Brothers fans are in this room right now? It's actually, it's very hard to see you right now it because is. of the lights, so I think I, there's one lady in a white shirt, I see the arms going like this. We asked, them, like we asked them to put it at a sexy tone. Y'all look great. It is. Yes. Yeah. Very, very sexy. You, you, I don't know if you guys know the history between the three of us up here, but we, we've got history with Willie. In Has sense anybody that... seen us on the Today Show? Anybody seen that? Okay. okay. Well, we, have a, we had a pranking war last year. We were going back yeah. and forth with pranking war. Um, it started on the Today Show. And we and now did no, I get you? No, it started on Meredith's show. But we did. I thought three. we did one before that. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then so we, the we pranked him. Right. Yeah, where he, we were showing him how to spray uh, some some lawn uh, if you wanted to turn it green, or whatever. But we actually just rigged this whole segment, and and it exploded baby powder. It covered him in white baby powder. It was the Great. best thing Fun, ever, right? best picture Smelled ever. Delicious. So then yeah. on the on the Meredith show, then there was another one. Oh no, I'm going the other way around. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he pranked back and forth. So he threatened. He said, if I'm coming down today. I may prank you, or I may not. Uh-oh. So I'm... I didn't know Everybody that. stay on your toes. Yeah. He's, he's brushing aside the worst of the pranks, which is actually how it started <laughs> on Meredith Vieira's show. We were all guests on the show, and there was a home segment, a home repair segment. They said, would you mind coming out and being a part of it? I said, sure, of course. I love these guys. I love Meredith. So I put on the coveralls. I get the goggles. And the prank ultimately was that Meredith and I were competing in these events, and we had a handsaw out. And she suddenly goes, oh my God, and screams she for her life, her off. picks up her hand as though she'd cut her fingers off. And it was spraying and blood. Spraying, she had this rig in her blood. arm. And we the had... look, they did a zoom in uh, on Willie's face, and they did like this freeze frame, and it was just this like, the, the, <laughs> it was. The work I was, was frozen. Good. I was frozen. No, actually, as a matter of fact, you went like, because we had the SNL, the Saturday Night Live uh, props people set up the fake spraying <laughs> blood and everything. And so Willie was like, yes, he's like, and then he like just slowly walks yeah. out of the whole thing. I was floating. And he's gonna... I didn't know what to do. Then I went, went back to get help, and then it struck me this is too sick to be real. Yeah. And I went back. And Meredith, uh, they, this is their idea of fun. She's got sure. a great sense of humor, though. Too. So that was a prank. I've spent a lot. I've spent a lot of time around paint fumes. So that's, that's <laughs> what caused. Okay, at least you have an excuse for it. Okay, I know a lot of people in this room know the guy's story and their background, but let's just. I want to hear it a little bit. How this started how you got into real estate at such a young age, and how you got into general contracting and building and fixing upping and all that stuff. Playing in dirt and getting dirty. Yeah, yeah he started that at a young age. This too. is the most interesting part is, people don't realize we both started doing the work, the construction in the very beginning. We both, because we were coming out of high school, we didn't want to be struggling artists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> used to be bigger. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we, we, so we were actors as kids, and we, Drew's a director, and I, I'm a magician, so I performed. Whoa. And we wanted to fund our creative endeavors. That's Jonathan, by the way. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as an actor, a uh, magician. Anyway, it continues <laughs> on. Like, like, that's nothing. Yeah, hey. Do you still have tricks? Sorry to interrupt you. Can you still do tricks? Oh, I turn tricks all the time. He lives ah. in Vegas. 
You should see him on a pole. He lives in Vegas. Yeah. We, uh, no, we, I do. I perform. I actually performed with David Copperfield last week, uh, two weeks ago in Vegas. Not. I did, yeah. So there's all kinds. That's for Brother versus Brother. You'll see all kinds of fun things that we do. But um, yeah, so that's, that's what our whole goal was. We were coming out of high school and we did not want to be struggling artists. So we're like, let's invest in real estate. So we bought every book you could possibly imagine on how to make money in real estate. And we even bought infomercials. There was a guy, I think his name was Carlton Sheets back in the day or something. Oh, it was an yeah. infomercial make with Babes and Boats. a million in real estate. Yes. Babes and Boats, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, most of that was sort of BS, but we got enough that we were able to buy our first place at 18. He's 18 years old. 18, yeah. We, we did graduate high school. At the time, we were in, in Canada. We were in Vancouver. And we heard Calgary was a booming market, so we popped over to Calgary. My parents actually had a family. Our family ranch was just south of Calgary. So we were full-time students at the University of Calgary, and we got our first house, a $200,000 house for a down payment of 250 bucks. Anyone no. want, to know, want to know how? Yeah, why? Yeah. Please, elaborate. So at the time... Trade secret. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people think that there's only one way, one conventional way of buying real estate. You, 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 know, you submit for a mortgage, you get qualified, and that's how you do it. But there are other ways. At the time, you could assume a mortgage from somebody else without qualifying. Great idea. Uh, and then, uh, well, the, the main concept was if somebody couldn't afford their payments anymore and they needed to sell, you could take it over so that they didn't default. And so that's what the product so was. So nothing safer than two full-time students that are right out of high school right. taking over your property. And anyway. ladies and gentlemen, this is how the United States economy collapsed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we made our payments. And then we also, for the balance of what we would have owed, we had a vendor take back. The seller basically wanted to sell so badly that he said that he will do a second mortgage for us. And then we paid that off after a year. After a year on that property, we made a 50K profit. When we sold it, then we thought, okay, there's something we can do here. So we continued investing and continued flipping houses. And it actually was, that was mid to late 90s. It wasn't until 2004 that we, I actually licensed as an agent and started rep representing clients okay. because we had friends and family saying, can you guys do for us what you're doing for yourselves? Did you flip that first house? In other words, did you oh, yeah. repair it and do all that kind Barely of stuff? Barely did anything, actually. Did yeah, anything. That, was, that house, the, the previous owner had a stucco fetish. So there was stucco. <laughs> everywhere on the inside walls on the outside the fence everything was stucco on that place so our our main renovation was just getting rid of all of this god ugly stucco and and just making it but how finished. did you know how to do that where does that come from we so back then you didn't have the internet was not what it was today you know we we're running off of you know 52k modems and stuff like that <laughs> uh so our 56k we uh i don't know why i corrected myself on that yeah, nobody so knows. no we, one cares. So the, 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 side. the funny thing was, we had grown up on a ranch. So we, I built my first house, our first house with my dad when we were 14. Okay. And so we built barns and things like that. So we knew kind of what we were doing. But then once, so we started flipping properties. And we, we did, I don't even know how many. We did a dozen properties or something, a couple dozen properties. And then I went to school for construction and design. So we still had subtrades that were working with us on some stuff. Then I realized, after I went to school for construction, I was like... That's how you do it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff you learn where you're like, yeah, we actually, the, the one thing that uh, we noticed that isn't a good design feature that we learned in that house. Uh, so we had, there were seven college students living in a house together. And I was like Molly made. I was, I'm like a clean freak. And so I had like the little apron on. I was always cleaning behind people. Oh. Clean your dishes. Get the pots out of the He was an annoying roommate. Yeah. But anyway, the, the master bathroom, or the main bathroom, uh, the house only had two bathrooms. It had shag, carp, shag brown carpet. <laughs> All the way around the, the but around the in the bathroom, but around the toilet, it was all wavy. The and worst when you thing stepped is, on it, oh, it would no. crunch. Oh. It was all crunchy. Oh. So we learned that you don't want shag carpet in a bathroom. Great design tip for you guys. <laughs> That's not in the book. That's a little extra just for you. Yeah.
Yeah. It's like when someone says, you know, don't eat yellow snow. Don't walk on crunchy carpet. Yeah. There's just mm. something wrong with it. Pull it up. Pull but it up. Uh, but it was, it was a good experience. I mean, we learned, uh, that was rental. We learned uh, shared accommodation, how to deal with rental. We had been learning about flip properties. And as we continued, um, and then, then actually before Property Brothers came along, before we were pitched the show, I was pitched for a show. I don't even know if you know this. No. So obviously I'm the more talented brother. <clears throat> what the oh, wait show was. Hear the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this production company approached me and they, they saw that I was a real estate agent. This is when I went back to Vancouver. I was trying to do more acting and I started getting put out for uh, host auditions because I had been 10 years a real estate agent. And uh, anyway, the, uh, the show was Realtor Idol. It's basically American <laughs> Idol for realtors. Was it literally called Realtor Idol? It was Realtor Idol, Idol. yeah. And it I was have the a beautiful dumbest voice. idea. I, it went, so he calls me, he was living in Vancouver. He calls me up, he's like, yeah, this is exciting. I'm shooting this sizzle and it's for the show. And he's like, you know, kind of shuffling aside, yada yada past all of the, I'm like, what's the name of the show? He's like, Realtor Idol, and I burst out laughing on the phone. I'm like, your career is dead before it started. That yeah. is just not gonna what, happen. I don't really care, but I'll ask anyway. What's the conceit of Realtor Idol? What it actually, it was a competition of realtors actually doing the realtor thing, so it wasn't actually singing. The, but it the, was winning, the winning song was, not. a mortgage like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My amortization to yeah, no, it, it was so bad, but then uh, they found out I a brother was a contractor and so they actually that same company said to us hey well we have the show idea they were calling it dream home uh, hey mm. look at that whoa these guys are really good full circle and uh yeah they uh, they pitched it to us and and it was basically what we were already doing with clients at the time and uh the funny thing is here's a little tidbit so first of all we shot a little sizzle and they pitched it to HGTV in the US. And at the time, that wasn't like a lot of their other program. They're like, two brothers doing renos, I don't think that's, no, that's not really a fit for us. HGTV Canada said the same thing. And then W Network, a, small, uh, a smaller network in Canada, they said, we'll give it a shot. And within three weeks, we were the number one uh, show of the night. Within a few more weeks after that, we were the number one show on the entire network. And so they were all blown away. And so HGTV Canada came back and bought a half hour cut down version. Or say HGTV US, bought a half hour cut down version of the show just to test it out. Within three weeks, we were the number one show of the night. So then they did the one hour, and it was just a couple of months after that. One of our shows have been number one since then. So thanks to you guys for five, six years of uh, success of the show. And we're in over 140 countries now, which is a is that right? Thing, 140 yeah. countries. 140 countries, and we're dubbed into every language you can think of. It's really funny. I so I, I, you may or may not know I'm single, and I haven't had any luck. In the oh, they know. Before. So <laughs> they know. If we but, could turn the lights on, he's yeah. the only dude here right now. It's <laughs> all women. What I've discovered is there yeah. we go. Oh, you're right. Oh, hi. Hold on. Let me, let me uh, just check one thing. How many, uh, oh, yeah, no, we, we both have the same thought here. Uh, let's hear a little sound there. How many of you are single ladies out there? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so my point was, my point yeah. was, yeah. In, in the Spanish version of the show, Hermanos Alobra, I am so much sexier. So I, I thought about finding the guy who dubs our voices and just having him follow behind me with like a little speaker on me so that he Hola. can translate. They did, a, they did a commercial with us where they had, uh, the, the commercial was dubbed over and it had us on a turnstile when we were shooting it in fitted white t-shirts. This is Jonathan's, the Latin American. Commercial. Yeah, Latin American. And Jonathan's turning around holding a sledgehammer, you know, flexing. And it's like, 
is your man strong? It says it in Spanish. Is your man strong? And then it said one other thing is your man handy. Is it, yeah, is he strong? It's just Drew flexing. Is he handy? It's me with a sledgehammer. Is he sensitive? It's Drew with a puppy. But, but <laughs> you don't see what it is. You, you just think it's all one man. And then it, the then it cuts to a wider of me as I turn around, and they dubbed me in a super low Italian, uh, super low Spanish voice going, hola. Yeah. <laughs> and then it pops the whole, to saying. Yeah, the slogan was, uh, well, it doesn't come in just one man. It comes in two. Hermano solo. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. 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 You, you may realize we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> So we, uh, you know, whenever they come to us with some wild ideas, it was the same with HGTV. They said, uh, you know, for Brother versus Brother, for example, I don't know if you saw the, the commercials with us doing like the, you know, men or flying off roofs like an and crashing through Marvel walls movie. and everything. Well, they at first they were like, we want it to be totally different. We want it to be like a movie trailer. And they're like, okay, guys, what have you been smoking? Yeah, because we want to do all this Let's, jumping uh, and right. smashing. Yeah. And so they let us do it, and then the commercial went viral. Everybody picked it up. Every news outlet and the show it broke their ratings, highest rated series they've ever done. So the second season, they're like, whatever you want. So we <laughs> we brought in the stunt team that did Iron Man and Avengers and everything, and no, we were doing the Iron Man drop, yeah. and we were. Crashing wow. through walls. Yeah, yeah, it was a blast. It drew the whole time. It's like, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> the first time we did. So the one thing we did that, that second season it was uh, the, the Thor hammer strike. Right. I was doing that to smash his. Did anybody see that commercial? Anybody, yeah, a couple of you guys. So it was basically I went from a 30 foot scaffolding. I jumped off with a, a big sledgehammer and I smashed his desk and it shatters into pieces. The funny thing is that it's stuffed with feathers for dramatic effect. I'm like, what contractor keeps feathers in his uh, desk? Designer. <laughs> anyway, contractor. so when I did this, we did a rehearsal day and they were, they're going to film the rehearsal anyway and we're, we're wired up and stuff. And Jonathan was a little nervous. He said he was getting a little bit of butterflies up there. He, You're hanging at 35 it. feet above on a rope yeah. where they're just going to pull the pin. And so Would you not be a little nervous. He, he looks over at me and he's like, are you a little nervous? And I'm like, no. And I race off the edge, and I'm like, because they're they're the Marvel guys. I'm like, they have, they know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, the, these 20 million dollar actors on 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 the line there with them. They know what they're doing. So I leap off the end, and I just go all out and I do it. That's we the one they printed. We forgot to hook you up. No, they they, they <laughs> printed it. So that I didn't even have to do it again. They actually recorded that the rehearsal that and. And we're good to go. So it's exciting. Some of the stuff we get to you do. You guys have a much better promo budget than the Today Show. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. We have no Iron Man stunt people. Um, so how did they originally find you guys, though? Because there are a lot of real estate agents and contractors out there. Yeah. Well, how did they identify you in the, to start with? Which is actually, um, this is the business side of what we, how we are and we've always been ever since we were kids. Uh, when you're an actor, a lot of actors just see themselves as someone who sits there, waits for their agent to call for an audition, and then they do it. That's all they do. We've never seen ourselves just as a talent that you wait for your agent to do something. We're always the go-getters going out there doing it. Which is it. code so, for we're annoying. Yeah, we're annoying. <laughs> but so um, I w when I went back to Vancouver to pursue acting again, I was networking. I was uh, taking meetings with the networks. I was doing everything. Sometimes it's the things that's annoying that the networks don't want, but I was really driven. I saw myself as a business and a brand. And so that's how I, I had met somebody who was casting for uh, a couple of other uh, host-driven shows, stayed in touch. I kept doing what I used to do with our business as well, always staying in touch with past clients and past uh, relationships. And then it came back around when they had this other idea for right. a show that was terrible. <laughs> and then Property Brothers. And that, and that was the interesting thing, too, because at the time, we, we weren't pitching ourselves in our company, everything as it was, we were just, oh, here's an opportunity, here's a show that they need a host who has real estate experience, hey, we could do this. Um, but we had started, when we started our real estate company, so from when we were investing ourselves and, and buying flips and doing that, we were making good money. And there was a time where we were doing other jobs at the same time, and then we got too busy with the real estate that that's all we did. And then our friends, some of our friends started saying, hey, you're having success, why don't you invest with us and we'll do some together. Then we're like, well, if we're doing it with other people, we should really know what we're doing. Drew got licensed, I got, went to school for construction design, 
started our company, and then the company exploded. We, were, we wanted to be that one-stop shop where we raised the bar, and no matter what our clients needed, if it was buying, selling, renovations, staging their home to sell, we had our own little warehouse of staging goods, um, everything and anything, we could do it in-house, and it paid off because no one else was really doing that. And before we knew it, um, that's when Drew had been staying in touch with this producer, and they loved the idea, and my dream home came Property Brothers. So you guys, I mean, you worked at it. This didn't fall into your the lap. It's you the longest overnight. Yeah, right. well, well, people say that all the time. Oh, you guys have these over, overnight success, so you just, you got so lucky, and da, da, da. We started our first company at seven years old, like literally. My dad, we turned seven, my dad's like, happy birthday, get a job. And so <laughs> we, uh, we have always been driven, we're always, if you want to know what the company was, by the way, if you don't know, does anyone know yet? Yeah. You know, so it was, uh, we made coat hangers, these decorative coat hangers. We would weave a nylon. It's like something you see arts and crafts you see in your grandma's closet with a little rosette. We made those. And when people you were, were seven? When we were seven, yeah. This wasn't my parents either because we, we even, we had a business name. We called ourselves Jam Enterprises, John Andrew Mom. And uh, we, we our slogan made, was, yeah, we, we take care of your hangups. Made little business cards and crayon colored them and whatnot. So, but people were like, oh, it's sweet. Two little kids doing a little something. We were selling door to door in our neighborhood at the holiday and whatnot. And we ended up meeting this woman who owned a chain of American paraphernalia stores in Japan and she started buying them by the thousands and set, sending them over and to you're Japan. Seven? Seven, seven years, years old. So we, we, we hired our, our older who brother. Who was making the hangers at we seven did. years old? We did. We were oh, watching yeah. cartoons and we were weaving, weaving around there. We, had, we hired our friends. Oh, my mom would do the rosettes for us and stuff and it was fine but my parents always encouraged us when we were little. They, they never, they, one thing my dad that I can remember him saying to us when we were little is if anybody ever tells you you can't do it, find five ways to do it. Never let someone stop you from going after your goal. And we it really stuck with us when we were young. Yeah. And when we were old. It was like now. reverse child labor. We were, you know, <laughs> on ourselves. My, my parents were tired. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. So we went, we, we're Scottish, so we would fly to Scotland to visit our family, and on one of the trips, my parents' credit cards got frozen because they thought, oh, it's fraud, you know, using it in another area. And, uh, so we, as the two seven-year-olds, had to bail out my parents for three days until the new credit cards no. came. Yeah, did you? Yeah, really? I hold it against them every day. Wow. I was calculating the interest. Uh, yeah, with crayon. We fronted your parents. We fronted our parents yeah. for three days. You, you have a six-year-old. And eight I got a six-year-old yeah. and eight-year-old. Imagine them front you. They've uh, never fronted me a nickel. <laughs> lazy. No. Kids are so lazy nowadays. No. I've skimmed yeah. off the top of her Girl Scout cookie money. But <laughs> there there you go, there you go. all right, so let's talk about Dream Home. This yeah. is the new book, the Dream. massive runaway bestseller. Yeah, I think we sold a million copies today. Today alone. Yeah. We're actually, we're already uh, a number one bestseller on Amazon, which is great. So thanks again to everybody who's, who's out there. You guys and did it, yeah. Um, so why Dream Home? What's the theme here? Well, the, the whole thing here, I mean, this is right from the, uh, the beginning of when we were working with uh, clients as well and, and always trying to help them into their dream home. This is our process. It's some of our personal stories. It's some of the trials and tribulations that we've had. We even talk about some of the mistakes that we made in the beginning and what we learned from, uh, because we want you guys to be able to learn from our mistakes so you don't have to make this. Not our thing. hairstyle mistakes. We didn't include that in there, if anyone yeah. remembers some the first of that season. Too. But uh, what we noticed when we were starting to research, we had a lot of information that we gathered over the years. And, and like I said, we wanted to raise the bar to really offer our clients great service. So a lot of insight there. But we started researching. We realized that there was no book that somebody could just grab that would cover every scenario that they might come across in, in home space. There's stuff about finance and there's stuff about renovation and whatnot. This is the first book, and I'm not being biased because I wrote it, or Drew and I wrote it. We, uh, it's the first book where 
everything is in one place and everything is easily categorized. So you don't have to look all over the place to answer any question you would come across. It's that sort of easy step-by-step -step for buying, selling, renovating, or even if you have a place, even if you're renting, and you just want to make it feel a little bit more stylish, you want to make it feel a little more like home, we're giving you steps that don't have to cost much. Don't have to cost anything. It's like the next best thing to having us there, but we were saying but it earlier. But it today, talks less. It does nice. Talk a lot less. Trust me, it's nice. It's a, it's it, we've got like the Willy Wonka ticket in one of them that I'm gonna go home with one of the books, so we'll find no, to renovate a kit. Yeah, there's that would one be of them great. here tonight. Woo! Remember, ladies, he's single. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, do you guys feel like you should buy your dream home, or do you buy a house that can become your dream home? In other words. Put the time, the money, the effort into making it your dream home. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, everyone is so different. Some people, it's it's worse than nails on a chalkboard to think of going through a renovation. Like some people, I just can't stand the thought of that. You, you see us work with fixer uppers all the time. If you can afford a house that's brand new or move-in ready, then that's great. We always say to people, then go for it. You, you can't beat that. To be the first one to use your master bathroom, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's it's a it's a good thing. But not everyone out there can do that. And so we're it's, Property Brothers is finding other ways through a fixer-upper to get into your dream home. Myself, though, for me, my dream home, it would still be me doing the work. So I would find really? something that's a big old property. Wait, wait, you doing the work? I would personally, <laughs> I would personally call Jonathan and say, hey, buddy. But uh, Do you yeah. still do any work, by the way? Uh, you know what? To be honest, I'm, I'm back doing a little bit. Are you? Because on, uh, on Brother versus Brother, we design our own houses. We do the renovations on our own houses, and then we're, it's competing. So whoever flips and makes more money wins. Then all the money goes to local charity. Uh, and this next season, when it comes out in June, you guys are going to love it. The renovations are bigger. The competition's bigger. I will admit as well, even on Property Brothers, Jonathan is now getting me to pop in here and there to help him again. It's just like the good old days, right? Yeah. yeah. I just have to go back and redo everything. After. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but to go back to your question about what is the dream home, yeah, yeah and, and as Drew said, every client's different. But also what you want in a dream home is different from time to time, too. Right. So, uh, you know, after you have a family, maybe your dream home changes. Our sole philosophy is that your home should make your life easier. And something that makes your life easier is different than something that makes my life easier. Uh, so we say, you know, say, for example, you have a whole four kids or something like that. You spend half your life doing laundry. Well, maybe it's worth spending a little bit more on the laundry facility. That way, you know, who knew that you can get washers and dryers today that do an extra large capacity load in 15-minute wash, 15-minute dry. That would free up a lot of time. So everyone's different. And so what I love when I'm designing a space is I can make any place pretty, but how do I get, it to, how do I get the house to function better for this family's situation? That's the challenge. You guys live in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Do you live in your dream homes? In bunk beds, yeah. Yeah, we have bunk beds. <laughs> well, which a lot, who here saw Property Brothers at home? The, the, the reno we did last year, you did? Who uh, likes the slide? Yeah. yeah. So we sold our individual houses in Vegas, and we just got this one. We, we call it the Scott Family Compound. Uh, we got the one place, because I only get home typically two, three weeks a year. A uh, year? Yeah, because my, oh. we're filming on the road, and instead of spending my weekends traveling, I'll stay where we are and focus on some. I like my bed. bed. He'll go home a couple of times a month. And so this year we were actually filming in Vegas, so I got to stay at home for three months. But uh, my girlfriend and I are looking in, in LA right now. I love our home in Vegas, and it, we'll, we'll have that for a long time. That's where all our family gets together with the holidays. We built a guest house next door for my parents as well, which is nice to have them close when there's- They've actually been staying there since Christmas. So they just <laughs> left on the first, but my parents have been there in Vegas with us. For is that three. right? Well, it's nice too, because my parents are 72 and 82, so it's nice for them to get away, away from the cold, because they live up in the Rocky Mountains. Literally two feet, of, well, a month ago, there's two feet of snow where yeah. they live, yeah. So having them close, but our family, like we have a very close family dynamic, and we have a blast. It's the same on set like 
I'm amazed we get any work done sometimes because we laugh all day. Our crews are fantastic. The clients we work with become like family. So it's really, I mean, people say that if you really want to find the, your, your, the right job in life, find something that you enjoy doing, not something that you do just for a paycheck. And, and we really do enjoy what we do. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about your family. What do your parents think about all this? That these guys who are making hangers in their house and fronting them their trips to Scotland are now yeah. property yeah. brothers. No, I mean, what do they make of it? We we have no one that's a bigger fan than my parents. I mean, and they've been amazing and support uh, supportive of us through our whole. All three brothers. I mean, JD, our older brother, he's a host as well. He's hosted for HGTV and uh, GAC. And uh, yeah, I mean, my parent. It's funny. So. We don't like our parents to make a big scene when we go out in public, but my dad still does this sometimes. We'll be walking into a restaurant, and there'll be some, you know, little busboy, 13-year-old that has no idea who we are. And my dad will go over and like, so I'm like, hey, excuse, do you know who this is? No. This is a property oh, brother. No. Dad, these are property brothers, and he just the keeps saying Denny's it. Denny's server doesn't care. Dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad saw it, but they're they're just our biggest fans. But the, the funny thing too, we were so a couple couple years back, we were in um, in Scotland visiting friends and family. We weren't airing in the UK yet at this time. So all of our family were like, we hear you're doing something, but we've never seen it. And so they're like, it's coming, it's coming. But we were at a castle. We were touring a castle in Scotland. And then my dad and his brother, tag team, were grabbing tourists and saying, yo, you know who these guys are? And they don't even speak out. English to some of the tourists. They, they, they're like these two German tourists. They grab yeah. them. They don't even speak English. But they knew who we were. <laughs> yeah. And so they started really? ranting. Because we air in a lot of random European countries. And so they started, oh my gosh. And so we, I mean, we love the fans. The fans are great. And we were very engaged through social. But it's still a little embarrassing when you know your, your, your parents are like shoving you out there. <laughs> or if you, if you walk by, because you know, you don't necessarily like, hi, Jonathan here. Right. Hi. How are you? Are you so it's it's funny when you're walking through an airport, my parents are constantly like, that person saw you. Those people are talking about you. That person I'm like, okay, okay. Also, okay. when dad my dad did this just the other day, someone again, you know, doesn't know who we are, and my dad's, oh, you want a photo with them? You want to yeah. get a photo with them? Nope. And the person's like, I'm good, I'm good. And no, no, here, I'll take it. I'll take but it. But I, I, I will admit one thing. Is that me hitting my mic? Sorry, guys. Um, the the one thing I did no notice is, so when Property Brothers at Home aired, that again broke the records and was the highest rated series that the network had ever aired. And we realized it's because my dogs and my parents are more popular than we are. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we now put them into everything. So, yeah. Is there a property sister? I should know this. <laughs> yeah. There are three property brothers. Hey oh I, yeah. I teed yeah. up nicely for that. Thank There's you. no sister. No, three no, boys. No, three, three boys. boys. Three yeah. dudes. Okay. Yeah, my mom had a house with four guys in it at one time. So I don't know if that's hell or that's... Uh, that's but we're all hell. black belts in karate, so mom was well protected. So. <laughs> all right, let's get some questions from the crowd. They're very curious here. Let's start with Michelle Goldstein. Michelle, raise your hand. Where are you? Hold I your see a wave back there, questions. yeah. Um, guys, do you constantly have the urge to redo your home as new trends come out. You see new things, you want to put it in your house. No, so the, the one thing that, that's a big difference, so when we, we're on Property Brothers, Jonathan does a design for those uh, homes that is a bit of his influence. Like any good designer, their job is to take you outside your comfort zone a little bit and show you what you wanted that you didn't know you wanted. However, whenever I'm doing design or whenever we're doing our own home, we're on Brother versus Brother, I'm not renovating for someone else specifically. I typically do renovations that I know are gonna to appeal to the masses and will have more mass appeal. I like a more modern feel, but then I like to infuse some rustic elements into it. So I call it rustically modern, whereas Jonathan likes to call his style elegant, uh, what is it? Elegantly eclectic. Yeah, elegantly eclectic. Um, now I'll actually answer the question. So the... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it, so I, I do like, uh, from season to season, doing something to freshen up. So you'll notice that I always say, keep the, the, main, the, the big ticket items fairly neutral, and then change out things like throws and pillows and curtains and stuff like that throughout the year. The challenge with my house, well, our house, is we're not there a lot. So I only see my house twice a month. Right. So if I was to change all the time, it would be like, <laughs> I just started enjoying this, and I've changed it. So we finished the renovation on the house uh, last June. And other than minor little tweaks, I haven't changed anything. But I think probably. I haven't changed anything either. Oh, no. So we finished at home. So at home finished June of last year, the renovation finished. Literally a week after we finished, the largest residential renovation I have ever done in my life. Drew's like, yeah, I want a bigger closet. Rip the garage out. And so he made me rip 17 feet out of the back of one of the garages you and need space. added to his closet. So. Hey, you got a big wardrobe, just like me. Come on, no? Well, I could see that, my friend. You got a big, big walk-in situation? Uh, yeah, so I, I decided to add 17 feet onto the, the closet there. I've, so the, the funny thing is, so my girlfriend's five feet tall. Five, so you know just she's over five this feet. much of it. She's yeah. right over it. Uh, but her clothes are so tiny and her shoes are so tiny, so she has this much of the closet. I have everything else. Really? So. So you're the diva. I am the oh, diva. Oh, yeah. There's, okay. So the, the 12 foot ceilings. He has shoe racks going all the way to the ceiling. So Linda had asked if I can put one of those library ladders in that slides around <laughs> the thing. I'm like, come on, guys, priorities. Yeah. But anyway, so no, yeah, you do constantly want to change things from time to time. The bigger concern for me is there's always a punch list. When you own a house, there's always stuff that has to be fixed. So my list, I'll go away for a month or two months, and I'll come back, and, I'll, and I always do a walk around. I'm like, oh, there's like 10 more things, 20 more things on the list, I have to knock those off before I go and do anything aesthetic. What I was going to add too though is the uh, we do design, especially for our own place as well, that we know is going to stand the test of time. It's not something that's going to go out of style in a day, which is some of the information in Dream Home as well. A lot of people like to do very specific designs to their taste, but you always have to think of resale value. If you do some really bold, crazy pattern or color in your stone countertop, the bolder it is, the quicker it's going to go out of style. So we always try and encourage people to be a little bit more neutral with any of the big ticket items in your house. Even paint sometimes, be a little more neutral. And then use art, decor, uh, throws and pillows. Use those to pop up your color and patterns. Easier to change out. I, as you said that, I was thinking I did a couple, um, about two, three years ago, Michael Jordan was trying to sell his house. Yeah, the $45 million mansion. Yeah, so they had us come from the Today Show and do like a walking tour of Michael Jordan's house. And to your point about making it resellable, um, he had the Jumpman logo painted on the ceiling of every room. <laughs> he had 23 on every door that went into every room. It was a tough resale. Yeah. I think. I, someone had asked us uh, through, through our PR channel, someone asked us if we wanted to come and do a walkthrough and, and give some oh. pointers on how to uh, increase the value of the $45 million home. And I knew, because I saw some pictures, some of it's very old school, like super old yes. school elegance. Yes. Uh, and then you, you also see a lot of the, the Jumpman action. Neon Jumpman. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I can tell you a few things via email. I don't even have to come out to see no, it. No, it's yeah. better you didn't waste well, you, your time. You look into some places and, and you know, I always, I always liked watching lifestyle of the rich and famous too yeah. when I was younger because you'd see all this stuff and I would always be like these people have money why is it so tacky yeah. and uh, <laughs> like if you see uh, in New York, you see, uh, well, in New York uh, if you see uh, Trump's place here it is all gold and there I'm like I, as a kid, I knew that looked tacky. So, but yeah. I, some people, I just they only like to huge break. resale value. Huge, huge, yeah. huge. <laughs> Fun secret about Trump's apartment: when you go in, you have to put little booties on your shoes to oh, walk around. You know what? You don't I want to catch what he has. Very precious. I, yeah. I kind of like the idea of that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. A little politics for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get another question here. What qualities should we I look like how the for? going number is like 40 minutes per question, though, so... I yeah, it's good. We'll trim our answers. We, we talk a lot. Uh, what qualities should we look for in a contractor to avoid renovation headaches? What are Amazing we looking for? Amazing hair. Long walk. Great butt. <laughs> right? Is that right? Yeah. That's uh, why our show's rated so high, all the, the slow motion renovations in tight jeans. That's all it uh, takes. Yeah. Yeah. Secret. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a, a lot of information. It's in the book. It's also on my Facebook page under, uh, we have Scott Logic articles, and one's called Who's Your Contractor? Under the photo um, album. Yeah, it's, there are certain things. Anytime someone said to me, oh, my contractor ripped me off and they took off, inevitably, there's one of the things on my list that they didn't do. They did not get the quote in writing or the contract in writing. They did not check them out, check previous work, talk. People love bragging about renovations they've had done. So ask the contractor for some references. Go see how it was. Um, make sure they have professional affiliations like Better Business Bureau, a home warranty program, something like that, uh, Home Builders Association. Because if someone is a, a contractor and they're setting themselves up like a business, then they'll be there for you if there's warranty work to happen down the road. But if there's somebody who changes their cell phone number every two weeks, that's a shady person. Yeah. And if you get that gut feeling or that red flag pops up, listen to it. There, is, there are more shady contractors out there than there are legit ones, so be really? careful. Oh, well, it, it's like a lot of businesses, too. You know, even real estate agents, I'm legally not allowed to slander my own people. But I uh, ain't but, one, uh, I will. There so. are, yeah, there are, there are real estate agents out there that are just in it for the quick buck. And uh, I, don't, I don't like that because, you know, we, we are supposed to be there for the client, whatever is best for the client. So when I was showing houses or when I was listing houses, uh, when I was out there with clients, I never looked at the commission, what the commission was when I was looking at a house for a client to buy. I would just look at what would work for what they're looking for. However, there are a lot of people out there that just sit, oh, this is a high commission, they're offering a bonus here. Here, this is the house for you, let's right. look at it. That's right. not looking in the, the best interest of the client. Yeah. It's, it, there's a lot of things too. And so the, the biggest thing about the book is it gets you asking the questions that you should be asking yourself. It gets you asking the questions that you should be asking other professionals that you're working with. But that, you know, that I think that for me, if you look at, so on a contractor side, if you look at somebody that you want to use, one, you want to make sure they're licensed. Absolutely make sure that they're licensed. But the city does not check as to whether or not they're any good at their job. They just make sure that they're licensed and fit the criteria of someone who can legally operate. So you have to do the research to make sure that they're good. And in most states, a contractor can't ask for a deposit up front at all unless they're bonded or unless they're part of a home builders association so a lot of contractors will say yeah it's uh, 30 grand up front and we'll get going and then a month later they take off with the money and half half finished job mm -hmm. so that's a big thing people don't realize that contractors need to be bonded if they're going to take your money up front even with a bonded contractor how do you know you're not getting ripped off on price i don't know how much the supply costs i don't really know what the labor costs yeah. how do you know going in it's it's really tough because um if it's a high demand area that like there are, there are a lot of people doing renovations here in new york and as you know, it can get very expensive here. You just need to get a few quotes. Like, like anything you're doing, quote it out. Even for real estate agents, you talk to different real estate agents, commissions are completely negotiable. Um, however, for example, myself, I never reduced my commission um, just to try and get the, the client. I always would just show them, this is what I do, this is what I work for, and this is what I'm doing for that dollar. So if you get enough quotes, you're, you're going to get an idea. If you get three or four or five quotes, you're going to get an idea of what a rough value is for what you're doing. But sometimes, that's not to say you have random quotes. We were... Uh, putting in a security fence and we were literally given something like four or five quotes the first one came in at two hundred thousand dollars for a friggin fence 
And then the second one, because it had a, it was an automated fence. The second one came in, I think, at 120. Yeah, the, the, there was a range of like 100 grand between. And then down to quotes. 40 or something. And yeah. It's insane. So you will get the the biggest problem, and this is the worst one here, is you'll get a good contractor who you know is running his business who will take on too many jobs. So now he's not servicing any of his clients properly. So that's the challenge. So it can still be someone who's honest, but they've just they're underwater and they're they're having trouble. Some of them are just terrible with business. That's what they're good at what they do. And one other thing to keep in mind for you guys, and we'll go back to the questions again. It's another long answer, but not every contractor is a designer like Jonathan. It's very very rare, uh, or vice versa. Not many designers are contractors. Uh, if you find a designer, though, a lot of times they have relationships with contractors and and good contractors, and they might even have a couple that they work with. So that if you're doing a renovation and you want to have that design side of it, like what you see on Property Brothers, that's a good idea. Find the designer first and the rest will fall into place. Okay, that's good advice. As I go to the next question, when I watch the show, you keep you do a great job of keeping a stoic face when I know you want to say something to your client. Like, you should buy this damn house. Oh, yeah. You I, should not buy this damn house. I have never wanted to throat shop a client. How do you keep never. it together? Because you always do. You always yeah. keep your cool about you. You know, I, I, as much as I get a lot of stress with the clients changing their minds, what they're looking for, or clients do this all the time, they'll say, I only want to look in this neighborhood. Don't waste my time showing me anything anywhere else. I only want to look here. And I show them there, and then like the next day, they pull up a list, and they're like, why didn't you show me this? I'm like, because it's a mile that way, and you said you didn't want to look there. Right. But uh, he gets it worse than I do uh, with all the change orders and stuff during the renovation. At the end of the day, we know buying, selling, renovating, this is pretty much the most stressful thing, or one of the most stressful things in people's lives. And so we know they're going to bark a little bit. People yell a little bit. They need to vent. It's stressful. I just am there to be the... That's why, that's why Drew spends so much time at the spa, yeah. just letting out the stress, out. all of that let away. In fact, tell us about your day-to-day. -day. How was that at the spa? You know, the yeah, okay, so, so I told him, I didn't even tell you, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, we, we've been doing press yesterday. This is the second day of the book tour. It's important to pace yourself. Drink yeah. lots of water. This is yes. water, not vodka. Yeah. And I went for a half-hour spa visit just before we came here. I was in I was in meetings right up until <laughs> the second. I was like, I need this. Here. This is good. Yeah. So I went for a quick half hour. Had a little dinner, and then I'm back here. See? I have good energy now. I picked the wrong gig. <laughs> All right, let's get to Lauren. She said, do you have any advice for renters in New York City who want to tackle DIY in their apartment, but have to avoid upsetting a landlord, breaking, violating a lease, or ways to freshen up a small space uh, without making permanent changes? That's a good question. We rent our apartment, yeah. and you wonder, is it worth investing in a place that I don't even own, that I'm going to leave maybe in a year or two years? Yeah, what do you I mean, say to that? So a lot of the investment usually comes in, in sweat equity. It's, it's your time that you're putting in. Some landlords are great in the sense that if you're improving the property, hey, that, no problem. Like, if you were going to paint it, if, they, if you tell them, I'll let you approve the color if I can do it, hey, no problem. Some landlords, absolutely not. They will not let you touch it at all. So then you can look for other ways to break it up. Wall hangings, curtains. Uh, airy rugs are a great way to add a little bit of color that help define a space without closing things off. So that's what we say. And then especially the smaller the space, the more multi-purpose furniture you want to have. So like a, an ottoman or a coffee table that also acts as storage. Having shelving that goes nice and high so you can elevate stuff. Uh, we did a segment uh, today on one of the talk shows we were doing, talking about like in your bathroom, that space above the toilet that most people just leave sitting empty or have that ridiculous two-inch cabinet above it. Um, put some open shelves there so you can get stuff elevated off the floor and gives you more storage. One thing to keep in mind if you are renting uh, and you're looking to do any improvements like Jonathan said, a lot of landlords, if you have a good relationship with them, they will offset uh, the cost if you want to put in it. So say, for example, you spent $2,000 
painting the whole place. Uh, and a lot of them may knock your rent down by 200 bucks a month and then amortize that over a certain period of time. To pay. So if you have a good relationship and they know you're not going to do something crazy like Pepto-Bismol pink walls, uh, a lot of times you can get some reimbursement. And then other landlords will just laugh in your face. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they're a slumlord, they'll do that. If they're a landlord, then they'll work with you. Okay, this one's a departure. Jonathan, can you do a magic trick? Can, do a magic trick. Sure. Sasha, this one's uh, Sasha. Can I get some lights in, in the house? Can we turn the lights up in the house? Let's okay. try something kind of He's fun really here. Gonna do well, you, you have to do it with me too. Okay. All of you guys have to do okay. it. Everyone put your hands up like this. No. <clears throat> this is pretty fun. Now go like this. And I go like this. Oh my God, you're so easy. All right. <laughs> so put your thumbs down like this and reach over with your right hand and interlink all of your fingers with your right hand pinky on top. Have your right hand pinky on top. You guys are the other way around. So your right hand pinky. And now watch closely. If you have the right hand pinky on top and just go like this, like that, and straighten it out without letting go. What? If I could have a picture of what you all look like right now. What the? Yeah. He doesn't know any magic tricks. That's, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a long movie. way of saying no. Yeah. He doesn't know any magic tricks. Anyway. OK. Uh, Jonathan, what are some projects a novice can safely and competently undertake by herself when doing a renovation? Um, Keyword herself. That means you can do a lot more than himself. <laughs> so the, <laughs> which is true actually these days. So uh, easy, mostly aesthetic kind of stuff. So definitely things like painting, um, a trim, baseboard, even flooring. There are great videos online. You can go on Google and get a video from a professional contractor to do almost anything, even putting in cabinets. Leave the important stuff. Anytime you're doing structure, electrical, plumbing, leave it to a licensed professional. Um, with the exception, it is actually pretty straightforward if you cut the power at the breaker to just swap a fixture, but you have to follow the instructions. And if you are confused at all, sometimes you'll get a house that doesn't have a black and a white wire. They've actually got two black wires or something like that. If there's anything that is confusing, Bring in a professional. Who's okay. confused just by him saying black and white wires? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explain so, that. A lot of and, well, you'll get people who will tweet. They'll tweet me and they'll be like, "So I'm I'm wanting to remove this wall. How do I know if it's okay to remove this wall?" By you tweeting me that question, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't touch do any walls. Yeah. So. so don't just start swinging the swinging sledgehammer. sledgehammers, yeah. hitting stuff. Yeah, no. Hitting the beams. Don't. Actually, do that. one other thing on the other side, on the real estate side of it, a lot of people say to us all the time, you know, I I don't want to pay a real estate commission. I want to sell myself my house on my own. Um, think about it. If you're working your full-time job, you may even have a family, so that's like two full-time jobs or more. Uh, and then you're trying to list your house, you're doing all the showings, you're setting up showings, you're trying to negotiate. This is really, really, really tough. So it's important for you to value your time and value the quality of what you're doing. If you don't know how to write a legally binding contract, why would you try? If you are emotionally attached to the property, with which pretty much every homeowner is, then you're not the best person to be negotiating on that property. So it's really worth it for you, for the sanity part of it, to bring in a professional to work with you. I love this one because I sympathize at having young children of my own and because she drew the layout of her apartment on the card. <laughs> and on the back, yes. This Thorough. is from Kira. Uh, many New York City apartments have long, narrow living rooms. That's true. Yeah. What are some ideas to create kid-friendly family rooms in spaces like these? And there's your layout. To All right. With I like the layout. So yeah. it's a long living room. Then you have bedroom one, bathroom, bedroom two, and then you have a little galley kitchen at the end of the other side. Um, so what I would say, which is great with a layout like that, is that you actually can divide that into two spaces. So you can have your main living space if it's something for the adults, and then you could sort of have that sort of a TV area, or you could have like a, a fun area, something for, for games, for extra storage. Kids need lots of storage, and they need fun furniture, something that's loungy, something that's casual. 
That's a great layout, though, to be able to do something like that. But who is this? Where, where are you? Is it Kira or Kiara? Kira, yeah. Kira? Yeah. You over there? All right. How thank old you, are your thank kids? You. Oh, the nice. You got time. Yeah, yeah you got time. It's, and that's the big thing. I love having baskets. Baskets are so easy. Just for the, so under shelves, under furniture. Uh, the other option is to ship the kid off to boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Easy. You know, so. Is age one too early in your I'm, estimation? I might be, but hey, why start late? Yeah. The, the one thing I would say, because it's an open space, you know, if you have a separate room or something you can close with, putting in some French doors, it's easier to go really wild with the kid colors and the fun colors. With an open space. Best for you to keep it slightly more neutral so that if you have guests over or whatnot, and again, having lots of built-in storage or, or, uh, or functional, multi-functioning um, pieces, like a table that's also stored, because then when you have friends and family over, you're not always cluttered with toys everywhere. So. That, that's what I, the key in a New York apartment, you don't want it to look like romper room. Yeah, exactly. You have adults over for a dinner party and it's just exactly. dolls exactly. and else. That's not good. Yeah, keep your dolls. Talk yeah. to the... Yeah, I was talking about me. Little known yeah, fact, Billy has a doll collection. Yeah. So. My office is close to American Girl. We used to have, I remember as a kid, <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid, a we would walk week. around, my aunt had these dolls, I don't know if you've ever seen these before, oh, they're the good. creepiest bloody things I've ever seen, but we, as kids, we're like, why? This is not good design. There were these dolls that were just like this. Everywhere. So they would lean in against the, the wall, and they're the about this tall, like that. Oh. And she had them all over the house. So it was just like timeout zone. But they're clothed, they're clothed like with real clothes and a hat. And then they have like this fake hair down. Like it's just creepy. And she had this, this moving picture where the eyes would follow you. Oh, come on. So we hated going to our aunt's house. It was a terrible experience. Stardust. Something was deeply wrong with your aunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay, just so you guys she's understand. She's in prison now. Like she's in prison. Not, not really. Um, back to the questions in a second, but you were on the Today Show a couple months ago talking about, for me it came out of nowhere, your country music career. Right. Yeah. This is like Brooks and Dunn over here. These guys, <laughs> So, but like your videos have six, seven million views on YouTube. Where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, so we, we have the, the video for Hold On. We have two songs, Hold On and Let the Night Shine In. They're both on iTunes, but Hold On, the videos come out. We grew up on a, on a ranch, and so we were country kids growing up, and we used to spend every weekend or every other day just sitting around the campfire, strumming the guitar, singing with our parents. We used to get hired out to sing at events, and my dad would play the guitar, and so we were filming. Did anyone see Property Brothers at Home on the Ranch? That show. It was a ranch renovation we did last year for a family friend's ranch back up where we grew up. And uh, we thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we wrote a couple of songs to sort of pay tribute to how we grew up? And so a singer songwriter producer friend of ours in Nashville, and she's worked with everyone Garth Brooks, Lady, she created Lady Annabellum, and she, she's this big, big name in Nashville. She said, Why don't I write it with you? We'll co write. So the, her and another, another producer, Chad Carlson, and the two of us locked ourselves in an apartment here in New York. Took two, two days, we wrote these two songs. Less than a month later, we were down in Nashville recording. Less than a month after that, we were actually doing the music video. And, and we did it just for the show. We thought this would be great, kind of a, you know, it's a very nostalgic working in this area. And then all of a sudden, the views started going up, and they started going up. We started getting airplay. We went to number one on Vivo, which is like YouTube. It's, we went to number one in the country charts. We billboard charted. And all there of a sudden- four on the billboard charts so in the country. So yeah. last week, we were at the Grand Ole Opry. The Grand Ole Opry invited us, so we introduced the act there. And then we're gonna be back there in two months, actually performing at the Grand Old Opry. So. Which is, it's kind of, it's yeah. mind-blowing for us because if, if you guys don't know, so, so we played at the Bluebird Cafe and we were invited to play there and the Grand Old Opry. Those are two venues in Nashville that anyone in the music scene knows. It is an honor and a half to be invited. And we even have friends of ours that are country artists that have been performing years, big big names that haven't been invited. And right. so we're like, why, why are you inviting us? Yeah. Go Ta invite them. Taylor Swift yeah. and Adele will not stop calling me now. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy guy. Ladies, come on. Do we have a suitable band name for you guys? Yeah, better than our old band name. Oh. So when we were younger, when we, were, we were just, this is just out of high school. We were trying to think, you know, 
Well, this is actually us and our older brother, Jamie. We had agreed to never talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, this I, don't, I don't mind embarrassing ourselves. So we, we were looking at each other. I remember sitting, this is at university. We're sitting in, uh, in our room there, and we're like, you know, we're three not bad-looking young guys. You know, we're, we're good on our feet, and uh, why are we not, you know, famous? Or why are we not doing something, uh, you know, on TV or in music or something like that? What, why don't we start? There are a lot of pop boy bands, but there's no country boy bands. Why don't we start a country pop boy band? And we named ourselves... Western Union. Uh, I don't know why. There is a tape, because this is before camcorders and stuff, but th there is a tape somewhere of us singing, and it wasn't bad, it never went anywhere, but you would not believe the press has tried to find footage. <laughs> so now we just go by the Scott Brothers. Yeah. I think it's a little Scott cleaner Bird. and easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's a, has anybody heard Hold On? Anybody heard this song? A couple of you guys? Yeah, if you go on, uh, pop on uh, YouTube or Vivo and just type in Scott Brothers, you'll see it pop up. It's, it's called Hold or On. Or if you go to the 92nd Street Y, you might get a live performance of it. Oh. Oh! <clears throat> All right, we'll, give you, we'll give you like two seconds. We'll give you two yeah. seconds of this, just of the chorus. Ready? Hold on, hold on, I'm coming home, I'm coming home, it's been too... That's enough. That's it. Now you got to buy it. you got to go online to get the right. Yeah. But it was fun. We just said if we do the songs and the fans seem to love it, we'll do some more, and they seem to love it. So we'll, we'll write more. We'll do a full album, and we'll look, we're going to collab with some friends. Yeah, yeah, eventually, when we have time. This yeah. is our agent over here. Can you give us time? Can you yeah. stop giving us shows to yeah. do? Yeah. Thank you. You look Thank exhausted, you. sir. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. You really do. Um, here's a good question. How much of the actual construction work do you do? Well, Great I actually question. do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's a lot on my plate. Construction? Yeah. Uh, is it like so, TV magic where you appear, you're the pretty face, yeah. and you disappear, and like minions no. come in and do So I laugh when people message me on social media, and they'll be like, how do you do it all by yourself? It's amazing. I'm like, I do 10 projects at a time. <laughs> we do 60 in a year. Yeah, it's impossible. So no, I have phenomenal crews. So here in, we're, we're here filming in New York for the next three months. We're going to be in mostly Westchester, but all the way from the Bronx right up Connecticut. And uh, I have five full crews running on my projects, my, my 16 projects that I will be doing by the time I'm done. And so I go in, depending on the budget, the, the tighter the budget, the more I do on a project because I don't charge for my time. And if we come across, people will see, see that we have a problem in the walls that we discover, and if the contingency doesn't cover it, I jump in and I do what we need to do because I don't charge. So that's quite often how we'll stretch the budget a lot more uh, to save the homeowners. And that's also why he, he's also bringing me in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I honestly, like people think I would just play it up. I, I used to do the, the hands-on work and, and that was fine. I don't like it. I like keeping clean and the worst thing for me, who here's done a renovation? Who's done a, even a little project? Okay, a few hands. Who here has had insulation touch them? It's disgusting. Yeah. And he's like, he rolls in it. He's like, oh, this is so much fun. It's like, like the best thing. In it. We, I, I wrapped him in insulation. Oh my God. In my suit. Yeah. In my nice suit. But it's, uh, I, I threw it out. He goes to the gym, not, like every day he goes to the gym and he's touching dirty, sweated on equipment and all that. I'm like, I will take insulation over athlete's foot any day. So I pre-wipe the equipment before yeah. I use it. But the, no, that's the, that's the big thing. So I, I'm doing all the projects that you see, but I'm never going to be in there laying 4,000 square feet of flooring. I have flooring guys. I have kitchen people. 
The big thing for me is I use the shows as a platform to try and educate people as to what they should expect. So yeah, there's no physical way that I could do everything on the project. Plus two, if you think the shows are just one aspect of what we do, we own the production company. We produce a couple of the shows that we're in as well as shows with other talent. And uh, on top of that, we have you know Scott Living, our, our home furniture uh, collections. And we have a bunch of other projects on the go. So when we're not on the show, and you don't see Jonathan or myself doing uh, Property Brothers, we are literally in other meetings or doing something else. Our days are long days, but we like what we do. If we didn't like what we were doing, we wouldn't be doing it. It, it is a good way when you have a twin. This is my business advice to any of you. If you're getting into business, have a twin. It's the easiest thing. So we divide and conquer everything. So when I'm working, because when the construction starts, pretty much Drew's done. He doesn't have to come back until the end when the construction's done. So then he will swing in, and he'll head up everything on the production company side. So there's always this balance of you know what we're working on. How often do his clients choose a home that you go, Jesus, I don't want to deal with that house. Oh. Like I said, we have 60 <laughs> shows a year. Yeah, there's 60. There's a <laughs> lot. That's how many. There's, there's only, yeah. fortunately, knock on wood, there's only been one where the homeowner refused to listen to us. They bought the house we told them not to buy. There's nothing we could do. This house was so bad, it had sunk, and the back of the house had sunk about a foot and a half, and he didn't want to do everything to code. He wanted to just raise the floor up. So think of this, the, the house sunk. He wanted to raise the floor up to be level, the back of the, it was six feet height in the back of the, the yeah, at, at the front, illegal. The front <laughs> of the living room was just over seven feet. The back of the living room was under six feet. So I was like hitting my head here. That so was we, in Wonderland. So we had already filmed. We'd filmed the purchase. We filmed, and we're like, I, we can't do it because he's trying to cheat and he's trying to not go oh, code so and everything. So we had to bail. Yeah, so we, we lost did. days and days of filming with this couple. But that is a money pit. He's, he's never going to make money back on that house. Yeah. How about this one? What's the most unexpected must-have tool on your tool belt? Him. <laughs> See how I set him up for these? You, have great. you guys pre-written these this jokes? Yeah, these, are all, these are all bits. What's the most unexpected tool? Uh, what was it? That you have on your tool the belt. Most surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have what's called a multi-tool that is pretty handy. It, it does everything. Like you, you can grind at the bottom of a jam on a door. You can, you know, cut a perfect square in a wall. It does everything. And it's got a million different bits. It's kind of like a Dremel kind of a tool, but it's a multi-tool. Actually, a super easy one that all of you should have if you don't get. Just one of those magic erasers, you would be surprised how amazing they are for everything, whether it's grout, whether it's, you know, you get fingerprints on the wall by your, your light switches. You can clean your place up and make it look amazing just by using a magic eraser. Can I redo my answer? You please. The tool you need. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. That's it. The only tool you the need. The only tool. Here's a good one. I'm currently in graduate school, just moved into a place of my own. What are some budget-friendly options for artwork, throw pillows, other decorative things? convince your other students from grad school to come over for a pizza party and have them do all the work for you, hold painting on. parties. Hold on, hold on, I'm gonna tell you guys what happened here. When we were back in the beginning, and we had a couple of, uh, you know, we, we had our own places, we were doing renovation properties, but Jonathan on his own place, he invited all of our friends over. There were like eight of us came over. He said, guys, come over, we're gonna do pizza and drinks, ha have a good time, but if you just help me do some painting, we'll get it out of the way. So we're like, all right, we'll come help you out. We painting all party. Eight of us came over for a painting party, we did all the painting, and at the end, for eight of us, he pulls out a personal pan pizza <laughs> and, for drinks, a jug of water. Yeah. Wow. Did I lie? Wow. Yeah. He doesn't have those friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, don't do that. I would, I would say one thing to think about. I mean, it's not a bad thing getting hand-me-downs, getting certain items, but, you know, grandma's old couch when you go to college, when you get that, there's a reason she's giving it to you. It's hideous. Yeah. Ask her and she'll admit it. Um, there are some nice things you can get though, or you can even look at getting, uh, like refurbishing some of the stuff. If you get something that's older, an old table or chairs, or 
It's so easy to reupholster a chair or stain a chair. Oh, everything. You look at something like this, by the way. Not that I'm saying. What would you anything, do with guys. that chair? This right is there. pretty dated looking. I'm just saying. Sorry. Love you. Uh, <laughs> but something like this would be It would be awesome because the style's really good. You can pop this off and reupholster. Daddy, it would cost you. Five, not even $5 for the material to reupholster this. Sand this down. You, yeah, you pull off, if you have never reupholstered, very easy. Take the screws out, pull the staples out, and use the old fabric as your template to cut the new one. It is so easy. And then sand down and paint, do something with a little bit of a gloss sheen on it. And these, I've had chairs like this that all of a sudden, oh, they're kind of retro, they're kind of cool, but they look brand new. So sweat equity. Like, se sweat equity is what we call it. It goes a long way. Did Just, you almost say sex equity? That too. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's definitely that's a, yeah. that's a side note. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, if you put a little bit of your own effort in, do it. it it goes a long way um, the other thing too if you guys haven't checked out scott living our our furniture and decor qvc.com we have some we just announced costco if you go to costco.com we have another couple of big announcements coming in the, in the following month here but a lot of our pieces we're trying to do what we do on our show we're giving you affordable luxury we're giving you that higher end feel you didn't think you could afford at a reasonable price we have some of our on qvc.com some of the area rugs that we have they're indoor outdoor they're as soft as what you would find indoor the colors and patterns are great for any design yet if you wanted to use them in a basement where you're afraid there might be some mildew or, or uh, you don't want it to, uh, to mold, or if you want to use it outside, no problem. So there, there are options like that, something that you can utilize in, in different spaces. Okay, we're running out of time. I want to ask, raise your hand if you've ever been sailing with the Scots. Have you been on the cruise? I know, I know one person who went on the cruise. There my, my girlfriend went on the person. cruise. Okay, yeah. so that doesn't count. But take me on to that cruise ship. Okay, so we, we were talking about, Talk to me. we have a lot of friends from, uh, you know, uh, new, new kids on the block to kiss to you name it who have done these yeah who've done these fan cruises and so we're like well it sounds like an interesting idea and we're business guys we start thinking about it and we're like we worked down we're like yeah we could make this happen so we took 2,000 fans we, we bought out the entire carnival ship and we took 2,000 fans to the Caribbean and it was it was a blast we did all we were the cruise director so we did all the activities we did well, lectures uh, well my, my, my thought was more like uh, what sounds better and safer for us uh, than locking ourselves at sea with 2,000 screaming women that want to date with Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it was. No, it, it was actually great. Yeah. I mean, we, we, love, we love cruising. We've done about 15 cruises ourselves, and uh, this, this is the first time we did one with fans, and we gave them so much face-to-face -face time. Like, whether, whether you're just walking down the hall of the ship or whether you're at dinner or at the main stage where we're doing a show or a lecture, it was, it was a lot of great time. We brought other talent. Uh, we had Jillian Harris. We had Kim Miles, Jason Cameron, our brother JD. We even had, we brought, I think, 12 uh, social media influencers, all these big buy-in stars. Mm -hmm. And so all we did is make funny videos and, and play them for people. And is we it, sang our songs. Is it a lot of you guys in tank tops and tool belts walking around the ship? Oh, yeah. That's a, I, yeah. I had a, a farmer, not a farmer, I had a contractor tan with my tool belt. <laughs> I was going to say, that's yeah. a, the only weird thing was, you're on the in the hot tub and, and Jonathan wouldn't take his tool belt off. It's kind of yeah. weird. But it was, it was fun. I would say it's, we've done a lot of cruises. It was the most fun of any cruise we've done. We're, we're definitely doing another one we're gonna actually do a larger ship so if you are, you know want to do it don't miss out because it did sell out so we, uh, we we just like to look for ways because this is important to us we love being face-to-face -face. I love answering questions that you've always wondered but when you talk to the TV screen and your friends think you're weird well uh, this is face-to-face -face. And, and not just on a cruise we're actually I mean we do appearances uh, throughout the year whenever we have time to but we love going to different cities and seeing new audiences hearing their questions and trying to help people in person as well and for dream home we're actually this is day two of a 12-day 
holiday book tour. So we're actually going right across the country. We're even hitting Canada. And uh, we're going to be doing um, yeah, we'll be Houston, Atlanta, San Francisco, LA. We have so many different cities. So if you know anybody in other cities, get them on thescottbrothers.com. And we have under the events page where we're going to be. It, it's just fun for us. We love live. We, it's a different energy that you guys give us that we love. Can I give you an idea for the next cruise? Yeah. Like a bachelor cruise for you. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan finds love at sea, something so, like, we can work with the title. I will tell you, I turned down being the bachelor on ABC. True yes. story, right? Yeah. And that was only handling 30 women. 3,000 women, <laughs> uh, that's too much. But uh, anyway, no, we have fun. Everything Construction Cupid. Yeah. Like I like that. this. Yeah. Linda, Linda's good at coming up with Could we name. separate these two and get let's, them to stop? Let's work with, let's work with this concept. You know, I, more importantly, why don't we focus on, is five and a half years too long not to propose to your beautiful girlfriend? Oh. Is that, <laughs> hey, I'm not sure. We are not at five and a half yet. Wow. Just point wow. out there. If you have advice when we're doing the book signing, give them advice. Yeah, I've got some advice for you. I'll tell you backstage. Which, which, by the way, we're we're gonna we're gonna sign books and we're gonna gonna see everybody. I don't have time to plan your entire kitchen, unfortunately. However, um, I'm glad you guys came down. This is great, and, I'm, and the questions oh, were fantastic. She's not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> guys, congratulations on the book. I'm gonna run and meet Cameron Diaz. Uh, <laughs> you guys stick around. They're gonna sign some books. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 92Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92yondemand.org.